Welcome to the Alcal a low carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy. Hi and welcome to Alcal low carb ancestral living with Pim Johnson. Today's guest is someone who has suffered from almost daily migraines for over 10 years mixed in with major anxiety, major depression, and other health complications and he's now helping other people overcome chronic pain which we will get into in a little bit so welcome to the show justin oh it's great to be here thanks for having me um it's an absolute pleasure man when you put it that way um it really sounds like i was a big mess but uh that's not surprising <laughs> because i really was a big mess um i i had a lot going on <laughs> especially like the early 20s, late teens and things like that. So wherever you want to start, we, we can start. Yeah, I think it would be good if we could give the listeners an idea of who you are and what you have actually dealt with throughout your life. So if you can just give us like a quick rundown on your childhood uh, until the point that where you were actually diagnosed with um, uh, migraines. Because you were not the healthiest child in the neighborhood, were you? <laughs> no, certainly not. That is true. Um, yeah, so, you know, it starts really, really young, age like even like two, uh, pediatric asthma. Um, apparently, there's a story where my mother cleaned the bathroom with a cleaner known as Tylex, um, and they had to rush me to the emergency room because my lungs completely collapsed or closed up. So I had to be like resuscitated at like age like two. Um, I was born with oh, jaundice, shit. which is probably uh, pretty fairly common, I think. Um, and then, you know, throughout, I mean, I was probably on regular antibiotics starting at age probably five or six. You know, uh, throat infections were a big thing, ear infections. Um, when I was really little, uh, and then the stomach issue started, you know, early teens, that's kind of when I'm more conscious, you know, um, when you're a kid, it's, it's hard to remember all the times you were sick. Cause you just remember being able to stay home from school. So you're just happy about it. <laughs> um, but you know, I just remember, you know, my having these sore throats, these throat infections, having to stay home, having to take, so over here in America, um, uh, the amoxicillin was like bubblegum flavored, which probably means it had sugar in it. And I guess that's to get kids to take the antibiotic. So I, I remember constantly drinking, you know, my bubble, you know, they called it my bubblegum potion or something like that because I was a kid. So I was constantly having to drink this little pink drink of, of this, these antibiotics. And this, this would have to be at least twice a year, if not more. So I do remember that. And then in my early teens, uh, or, or tweens, you know, 11, 12, like that, um, one thing I remember is a severe case of gastritis. Uh, my stomach just completely locked up on me. I couldn't go. I couldn't throw up. I was just in constant pain for two weeks. And they said it was gastritis, which is kind of like a pre-ulcer. At least that's the way it was explained to me. That was gnarly. I got mm -hmm. mononucleosis at age 14, even though I really didn't kiss anybody. And I was down for a couple more weeks like that way, too. Um, I had these horrible sinus infections 
where like speaking of dating life or the non or having a non-existent dating life you know i'd be i'd be trying to be cool i'd be kind of sick but i'd feel like i was okay right and then like i'd be drinking like a dr pepper and then i would just sneeze and this green snot would like you know go over like this chick i was talking to in my soda it was just it was a gnarly mess like man it was just just not cool and and so like just my sinuses could produce an incredible amount of green mucus. Um, it was like I, I don't know if you ever seen Ghostbusters, but Slimer. It's like I had Slimer <laughs> yeah. living in my sinus cavities, basically. That's how bad it was. So still was getting throat infections. Um, yeah, and you know I was eating standard American diet, so you know cheeseburgers. Um, meatball sub sub sandwiches from subway you know i come from a broken home and so when you come from a, a family that's separated you eat you eat out a lot right and so not a lot of home-cooked meals a lot of mcdonald's you know I would, I would go to my mom's on the weekend because it's the weekend friday night pizza saturday night pizza uh sunday cheeseburgers you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. Which is pretty, that's why it's called the standard American diet, right? Unfortunately, that's not uh, uncommon. And then, of course, at school, in middle school, you know, the, the, the lunch, the prison food they serve you, you're happy on Wednesdays because they serve pizza. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I was in, so in high school, I did manage to get into, like, cross country and track. I did running. So... One thing about me that's probably different from other people is that I've always been thin. So I've never had the overweight problem. And so when you don't have the weight problem, everyone just guesses you're, you're healthy. You know, I, I was in cross country. I was in track. I was a decent athlete. I wasn't like top tier or anything like that. But I, I was, you know, um, high middle, you know, um, and, and I enjoyed it, but, you know, I would get these weird, like, Achilles heels flare-ups and then the sinus infections, missing practice. So I feel like my health did hold me back from being able to compete at a higher level as an athlete, you know, that my spirit that I could have. Um, but, you know, no one ever really thought there was anything really wrong with me. Um now, the mental health side, that stuff was also early. Like, I was probably <laughs> had, like, major depression from age, like, 10 or 12 just because of a lot of family conflict. You know, I, I've been through a lot. Um, and, yeah, like, just straight crying, a lot of constant crying at night, um, which feels weird as a boy and things like that, and just feeling misunderstood and, you know, a saving grace being like heavy metal bands and things like that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was depressed. My anxiety would be so bad that I would, I would walk home from school and it was like a two and a half mile walk or something like that, which isn't huge, but it's a good hour walk, hour, hour, 20 minutes or whatever, you know? And, um, yep. I, if someone was, was on the same side of the sidewalk as me and walking towards me, it would give me such bad anxiety that I would have to cross the street. Like I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. like cross paths with people. I don't know what that was about. Even though I'd be wearing headphones and like a sweater or whatever, or like have my gym bag from doing cross country, 
I don't, I, and it took me years. Like it wasn't until I was like a full grown adult to realize that was just like panic anxiety. Right. Um, so, so I, I just like generalized anxiety, generalized worry, but I was never like worried about my grades or things like that. I, I think it was just, again, family chaotic home and, and trying not to be vague, but let's just say, um, I've seen both my parents in jail or in prison at some point in my life. You know, said that going on, broken home, um, you know, deaths in the family when I was young. Uh, yeah, so it was a gnarly time. Uh, you know, and I don't, and I'm not saying that like pity me or anything, but just looking back, it's like, oh, that's why like that was so stressful. You know, that's why you kind of had these issues or stuff like that. Um, you know, kick, kicked out of my dad's house at age 16 you know, over some stupid crap, just, just real stuff, you know, but you talk to anyone else growing up in LA and that's LA life, you know, Los Angeles, California. <laughs> that's just, the, that's just the role of it. Um, wow. and, uh, yeah. And so the mental health stuff that certainly didn't help. And the health stuff I'm sure is all related. Um, so, you know, I did not to mention uh, in later high school, so like junior, sophomore year, I get into illegal substances. I start doing, you know, drugs, basically doing a lot of partying, which on one side I feel like helped me be more social. But on the other side of that, you know, here I am doing more damage to a system <laughs> that's already overloaded, yeah. right? Um, and, and so it's just all kinds of craziness. I think everything together... And I am getting to the first question. Everything together, eventually, boom, get hit with migraines at age 20, you know. Um, and the reason why I know they're migraines or why they were migraines the first night, and I distinctly remember this night, just a random night, the right That's side of my head. Hang on. Can we stop for a second? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> you, you disappeared. You distinctly remember. Describe the migraines again, but... I, I lost you for a bit there, so I missed the beginning of that you distinctly remember what they were like, because that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, can you hear me now? You may Am continue. I back or? Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're back. Um, so I, di- I distinctly remember the migraines, the first migraine, uh, because I had just gotten a new job at this Halloween store, and the right side of my head, I just remember this tingling and this headache and lights bothering me and sound bothering me and just like ah and like I couldn't sleep it was just absolute pain of like a nine or a ten all night long and and I had an inkling as to what it was because I have two sisters that would get migraines so I had heard the term I'd seen the kind of pain my sisters were in uh, my, my older sisters mind you um so I knew what it was so so I call my sister and I know she has medications, so she gives me one of her pills, and it goes away. Go to urgent care. Also get... Well, it doesn't go away. Um, it's still kind of there. I go to urgent care, like, the next morning. I obviously don't get the job, right? Because the first day I was supposed to show up, <laughs> I call out. Um, so yay for that. Um, and yeah. uh, go to urgent care. They give me a bottles of, like, Tylenol 3 because they can't prescribe anything stronger because it's stupid urgent care. Anyway, 
Um, I end up downing like the bottle of Tylenol three. Like literally, I I drank an entire bottle of Tylenol and passed out for an entire day. It was what I did. I woke up the next day feeling better. I think a couple days after that, I talked to a neurologist. Uh, she puts me on Maxol, which is one of the triptans uh, for migraines. And from that day forward, I mean, I was popping Maxol every other day. You know, which is a bummer because they only give you nine of the pills. Well, those are dissolvables. Those are actually kind of cool. So they were dissolvable max salts, and they only give you nine a month because migraine medication is addictive. And also um, what it does is contracting the vessels in your brain is not good for your brain and causes brain death, essentially, over time. And so as a migrainer... (laughs) You're stuck in this really effed up situation because you're in pain and you want to take the medication, but you're in... So it's... Sorry, it's three-way effed up. Okay, on the medication, you're instructed to take the medication as soon as you experience the migraine. Now, which sounds like a good idea. The problem is is that once you take the migraine medication, you're not functional and you need to go lay down or something because it just kind of knocks you out. And you get these weird sensations from it. You get weird tactile stuff. I remember my tongue would go numb on me and I couldn't eat or taste. Like you get all these weird sensations because, again, it's going after your nervous system. It's constricting those blood vessels in your brain. So that's going to have all these kind of weird effects throughout your entire body. Um, and so you don't want to take it right as it prescribed because you don't want to go through that and you might have actual things that you have to get done. On top of that, you want to preserve the medication for when the migraines are really bad because you only get nine doses a month. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so you're 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 stuck with this crazy weird decision of like okay how bad is this migraine going to get what do i have to do what do i have to do tomorrow because once i take this i'm not going to wake up until late tomorrow because i'm going to be all dragged out and everything i mean it even says on the migraine medication you know don't drive <laughs> after you take it well if you have a migraine at work yeah. and you take it what the heck are you supposed to do <laughs> you know what i mean um So it puts you in all these weird, awkward, stressful situations which don't help a migrainer because stress, again, is a cause of migraines. (laughs) And so you have to do all this different kind of complications to your life, you know, even dealing with the medication. Um, Now, they did give me what was supposed to be a preventative medication with it, but I had these other weird psychological effects with it, so I, I immediately had them take me off that. Um, my neurologist, which to her credit, was like, listen, if you keep taking these triptans, this Maxalt medication at the rate that you're taking, you're going to end up with seizures by age 40. Now, at this point, I'm age 20. No, thanks. So in two, in two decades, they were, she was telling me, hey, you're going to get seizures, most likely. And it's like, well, that's worse than getting migraines on, on a couple of different levels, right? Getting, getting seizures. And she was open to kind of more nutrition and supplements to treat it and stuff like that. So did kind of like a migraine diet thing, which is like you, you avoid sulfates, 
you avoid like almonds, you avoid um, like tomatoes and histamine foods and things like that, which was, which kind of helped, you know, and I got on some good supplements and things like that. So I was able to drop the migraines uh, down to once every four or five days or so. Um, but that's still kind of not really functional, you know, and I, and this pressure, like this head pressure right on the right side of my paint, right side of my head would kind of always be there. Like it was like this, this subtle headache. It's hard to explain, but as if someone took like a bicycle pump on the right top part of my forehead, and I was just like every once in a while squeezing air into there. Really, that's the best way I can describe the sensation. Um, so went along like that for a while. Um, eventually saw a natural path and got into, uh, you know, did allergy testing, got on. I was taking like 13 different supplements at one point. I was taking like 5-HTP, magnesium, um, the, um, what's it called, uh, fish oils. Um, I was taking like a, um, a, a bovine like steroid or hormone. I was taking, she had me on a whole bunch of different stuff and it was expensive, but it was helping. Um, it dropped my migraines down to a week, week and a half. She also, to her credit, put me on a um, paleo diet. So I went gluten-free, dairy-free. And that's how I treated my migraines uh, for a good six years, roughly from age 24 to age 30. Um, and I just kind of, you know, I changed some supplements out, found cheaper companies, things like that. But I was able to, you know, go to school, get my bachelor's uh, degree, start on a master's program, hold a job. You know, yeah, I sometimes knock out on the weekends and things like that. And yeah, I was still struggling with the occasional migraine. But once a week is head and shoulders above like almost like heaven compared to daily migraines, you know. Um, yeah, I, st I, I still didn't feel well though. I was still struggling with some carpal tunnel. I was still struggling with sinus infections on occasion. Um, so my naturopath did kind of help with that. I mean, she, she said avoiding dairy would help with that. And I think it did a little bit, but also, uh, she, she had me do like, uh, high mega dosing of like vitamin C when I was getting the migraines. Uh, I'm not the migraine, sorry, the sinus infections. And I think that helped me get over them a little quicker. Um, so there are a few different things, you know, it was still better than, than regular medicine. Cause by that point I was like, I'm done with regular medicine. You know, I've done nothing but listen to them and I've done nothing but get worse. Basically, um, roll yeah. back just a little bit, um, with the sinus infections, uh, eventually I think it was age 23, I did have sinus surgery. So my sinus cavities are actually empty. They're completely stripped. Because um, they, they said that my, my sinuses were so bad and so chronic, I begged them. I got an ear, nose, and throat specialist to do the surgery. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing inside my nose. <laughs> I'm waiting for my Michael Jackson moment, you know, like when his head, when his nose fell off. <laughs> or like my own rhinoplasty yeah. or something. Um and so, but, and when they did the sinus surgery, they told me, oh, this should completely get rid of your sinus infections. You shouldn't have any issues anymore. You should be golden from here. I was like, sweet, let's do it. 
you know, inject me, do whatever you got to do, cut me up. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't care. And um, I, I swear, I swear, man, within six weeks, I got a sinus infection. And I went back to that doctor and I was like, you SOB. Like, you told me. They're like, well, with some people, it doesn't work. And what we have to do, and get this, this will blow your mind if you've never heard this before. Get this. We'll just cycle you on and off antibiotics every six weeks. And it's like, by that, that time, I had, known, I had known how bad antibiotics are for the gut biome and all that stuff. I was like, F you. No, no, done. Like, no, I'm not cycling on and off antibiotics every six weeks. That sounds completely insane. <laughs> I would be a walking vector for immuno uh, and resistant viruses and bacteria, basically, at that point. You know, mm -hmm. I would be yeah. creating an MRSA, you know. Um, <laughs> and and so I told him no and and so yeah and so anyway we skip forward a little bit you know six weeks or six years of paleo um, I was dating a, a vegan girlfriend at the time and so we were kind of doing like a vegan paleo thing for a little bit I had seen fat sick and nearly dead so I got into juicing got into plant based I was having my kale you know <laughs> I was having my leafy greens. Yeah. I was having my apples. I mean, my, my breakfast every morning was a green smoothie, carrot, apple, kale, spinach, chard, um, like cacao or something. Green smoothie, oh, gluten-free, vegan, organic waffle, um, and like some other fruit. That was my breakfast. For years, that was my breakfast and thinking I was doing the right thing. Um, that, and I eventually switched to, like, the Orgain vegan protein powders. I was doing those. I've done the, um, what was it called? I think New Earth or Earth Garden uh, vegan protein powders, uh, meal replacers. I was doing those at one point as well. So anyone want to talk about plant-based, been there, done that, didn't do jack. I'm just telling you that. You know, I did my spirulina. Like, all that stuff. Been there, done that, did the raw, you know, with the fiber, without the fiber. You know what I mean? I've been there. I, I did that, you know. So, if it doesn't work, why, why did you continue for years? Um, well, my, my, my girlfriend at the time believed it worked. You know what I mean? Well, because psychologically, <laughs> because you're told you should feel better, that, like, you think you feel better. If that makes sense. Like, you just think, mm -hmm. oh, well, if I feel this bad like this, adding in meat or adding in other stuff will only make me feel worse, if that makes sense. So it's yep. it's so psychologically overtaking of like, oh, if it doesn't taste good, you're supposed to eat it or eat the rainbow, all that stuff. You know, I was I was yeah. all in it. And I believed it. And, and yeah, even if you're not getting better or, I mean, I can't say I remember specifically getting worse, but remember I started out in a pretty bad spot. So kind of didn't really have anywhere to go except up. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, it's just psychologically you're told that you should feel better and this is the right way to do it. 
So you think that you're doing the right thing, even though the results, you're not getting what you think or what you're promised, you know, even doing it for a, a good six months, a year, whatever, you know, um, I, I would say that's, it takes over, you know, that's why I don't blame people that are in it. Cause it's like been there, done that. Once you get burned out five, six, seven years, give me a call. Cause that's what it takes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little bit curious because, um, I've heard that you are following Angela Stanton's uh, protocol for migraines, and I'm just wondering how you got into that. Yeah, that is, so uh, very far from green juicing. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'd kind of I dropped juicing like quite a while ago. Me and that girlfriend, you know, we broke up, you know, and stuff like that. We kind of <laughs> were growing growing apart. Um, so I kind of my meal on my own was kind of more like. Chicken stir fries with rice, still a bunch of veggies and fish sticks and like organic fish sticks and like organic like chicken tenders. <laughs> Those are my views. And uh, <laughs> and like organic popcorn. Like I was addicted to popcorn since I was gluten free. Like, you know, I didn't really do a bunch of like, well, I started to, but snacks and gluten free treats and stuff like that. Um, popcorn and uh, sprouted organic almonds were like my heaven. Like those were my go-to. I was going through like, you know, the large bags of popcorn, like the huge ones. I was going through like three of those, like a week of like this organic popcorn, gluten-free. And I thought I was eating well, like for real. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was like my, that was my Netflix, you know, smoke it, light up a joint, um, and have, have this popcorn and watch Netflix. That was my <laughs> evenings or, or do some gaming, you know? Oh, I'm healthy, oh, you know, funny. with like a, an almond butter or like, or like a sunflower butter and jelly, organic jelly sandwich, like for real. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Hey, I'm healthy. I'm doing it right. Hey, it's gluten free. It's paleo. It's all good. You know, with the sprouted bread or whatever, vegan bread, gluten-free bread, whatever. It's all terrible. Um, and so doing that. And so what happens is, is uh, around uh, late March of 2019, I get in a really bad car accident. Um, basically, I'm in a Toyota 2010, and I have a Ford Explorer that ends up in my back seat on the freeway. Put it that way. Um, completely tore up from the floor up. Uh, just ripped to shreds. Um, nothing broken, um, except for my spirit and my soul. Um, and, uh, the migraines, the chronic pain just flares up. I mean, it is just unfreaking believable. I'm like, I'm back from, I'm back to square one. What I'm doing isn't working anymore. And I could feel that I had damaged nerves between my C6 and C7 of my neck which is now confirmed. I've got a herniated disc, you know, in my, my lower neck now. So that's fun. Um, and, uh, you know, so what does anyone do when what they're doing doesn't work anymore? You turn to the internet, right? And I was like, well, it's been a long time mm -hmm. since I've seen what people are doing about migraines. Um, I go on Amazon, I think, or end up somewhere. And uh, I kind of come to this little crossroads of, you have Angela Statton's book, uh, curing the migraine epidemic. Then you have, I always forget his name and I feel bad for forgetting, but 
uh, migraine miracle. If you just look up migraine miracle, he does like a high fat keto approach. Um, it was just by luck that I just chose Angela's book. I buy the book. I start reading it. I get in her Facebook group. Um, in the Facebook group, um, now I don't know how far you want to get into her protocol. Basically, I'll just explain the basic theory. Her theory is is that migraines yep. are an electrolyte disorder in the brain. So basically, you have the dendrites and the neurons, and the neurons can't fire or can't jump correctly if there's not enough sodium or sodium-potassium balance for the neurons to jump across the dendrites in the brain. That's the quickest way I can explain it. It's a bit more neurotechnical than Sweet. that, but that's the basic idea. Um, and so she believes that the migraine brain or the ancient brain, whatever you want to say, um, burns through sodium very quickly. If you notice, I talk kind of fast. I kind of move kind of fast. I'm a little keyed up and things like that. Just I've always been this way. Um, and so that's why the migraine community and the autism community, I feel like, are related because a lot of the sensory issues that you hear from the autism community, a lot of us in the migraine community also experience. So I wear these, those that can see, if, they, if there's a visual here, I wear blue blocker migraine glasses because these lights and everything just kind of, it's too much for me. I am photosensitive. Um, Sound, yeah. even though I like hard rock music, you know, sometimes if I'm not in the right space, sound can bug me. Textures, um, things like that can, can kind of throw me off. Smells is a big one. Um, a lot of migrainers report olfactory issues and senses, smelling things that other people don't smell, or perfumes completely wreck me. You know, I would, I would get severely ill from smelling perfumes. Um, so... And all that, in Angela's theory, is due to the reason why we have those symptoms is due to the brain being overstimulated and not having enough sodium to process. So you greatly increase your sodium. Um, now, carbohydrates uh, and sugars disrupt uh, your body uh, processing sodium. And so it's like a double thing. So... You do, if you're having sugars and carbohydrates, you're depleting your body of necessary sodium um, and you're generally not getting enough because you don't know that you have a migraine brain and that requires more sodium. So which is why, you know, the pain is actually the end of the migraine, the light sensitivity and other symptoms. Sometimes it can be uh, insomnia. Sometimes it can be tiredness. There's a bunch of different symptoms. Um, is actually the beginning of the migraine. And so the the disruption in the dendrites and in the neurons cause a cascade in the brain leading to the you know restriction of, of the blood flow, the flaring of the blood vessels in the brain, causing the eventual pain. But you have a series of other called prodromes um, that are symptoms leading up to the migraine. And then the pain of the migraine, and then the relaxing period, and then the cycle kind of starts all over again. This concludes part one of my interview with Justin. Please check in next week for the second half. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon, and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.